welcome to what I presume is your first alien planet. Don't touch anything. Yeah, well, maybe I don't play by the rules. Did you practice those lines in the mirror? You are a very funny little bonus. We're about to die. I will keep you alive and I will get you back home. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and we are back with episode number two, The Ghost Monument, the second episode of series 11, Doctor Who. And who are we? Well, again, I am Kyle Jones, and welcoming back as well, Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I've been somewhere off in Sheffield uh, looking for a green police box. So you, you can find me there. That's, cool. that's what I've been up to. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So did you find a green police box? Just curious. Yes, man. Wikipedia is, is, is very good. Or is that where I found it? What, the, the, a, a simple Google search will bring you to the, the green uh, police box, which is located in Sheffield, which is mentioned in this episode. So that's what kind of drove me there. But I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I can't complain. I have been Googling how to um, use a crane. But other than that, <laughs> after I learned how to do that last week, I'm back floating in space. And who also is floating in space? Mr. Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I am well, folks. I'm well. Glad to be back with you talking about this episode. I'm glad to be talking about this episode, too. I've purposely tried to avoid the both of you for as much as possible because, you know, I, I want to have this organic first uh, <laughs> conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, and, I, and it's easier to do that with you. Lee than it is with Clarence, unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to, <laughs> you have to duck and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. to bob and weave to avoid each other. Yeah, I'm wondering was that directed toward me because we did hang out with some more friends at a local uh, pub bar called Bulldogs, and you know, of course, Doctor Who is going to come up, and you know, Kyle was just kind of, don't do it, shut up, <laughs> save yeah. it for the show. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, yes. it was hard to bite my tongue. So, so just out of curiosity. Who came up? I'm curious. Who came up with that rule to begin with? That is definitely know. my rule. Oh, I, I, I just wanted to be clear there. Just yeah, clear. It's a good rule. Good okay, rule. Good rule, but, 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 but just clear. Just clear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it, honestly. So before we get into the story, I want to say a thank you to someone who is one of our Patreons who also has commented on our site as well as on our Patreon page, which of course can be found at patreon.com slash discussing network. And that's Mr. Bill Lemon. So thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening and also commenting. And we can't wait to hear what you think about the ghost monument. So guys. Opening credits. Let's kind of break this down a little bit. No news, I would say, other than we're going to talk about this episode. So, opening credits. What do you think? Lee, what do you think? I, um, I don't like it. Um, I, uh, well, you know, it's never as simple as that, right? Um, if we're being sophisticated viewers, uh, I, I like the fact <laughs> that it harkens back to the first and second doctor opening titles. It's like a 3d version of those, uh, video feedback effects. So that's interesting. But the fact that it's organic is a little, 
this is probably just personal, but it's a little upsetting to me. I, 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 it, 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 it's like how some people can't say the word moist. And I apologize to all the people who have a thing <laughs> about that word. But uh, I don't, obviously. But I know there are people who are driven absolutely mad by just the sound of that word. And those images in this opening title strike that same thing for me. I just go, eh. It looks to me like a colonoscopy video. And wow, I was sticking with that. So I look forward to when the vortex no longer looks like somebody's large intestine. So that's, that's, <laughs> there you go. Mr. Brown, I don't know how you could follow up to that. But well, hmm. I'll do my darndest. Uh, yeah, the, the, the intro is freaking nuts. I mean, Lee just said it is freaking nuts. Uh, I wonder if the whole organic bit is just kind of in line with what we see of how the TARDIS is made up, which we'll get to later. And, uh, but I, I found that I loved it. I loved it. Very colorful, vibrant, trippy. Uh, I thought it was just a beautiful piece of visual art. Uh, there's an article on Vulture.com where <laughs> where the writer said the new title sequence is equivalent to taking a tab of acid, which I have never done acid, but I can see that. I definitely can see that. And um, you know, personally, I think it with I think kind of harkens. Uh, you said it harkens to the first and second um, uh, title uh, sequences that we got, and I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I think in a way, those original title sequences may have been trippy oh, for yeah. Yeah. the people in the 60s. Yeah. I believe this is like the modern day equivalent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I really liked it. I really, mm -hmm. really liked it. And my only complaint was it was too short. I actually wanted it more. It is short. It is mm -hmm. short. And it, and it almost ended abruptly. I, I thought it was too rushed. And I wanted, you know, we've had 13, 14 years or however long, 13, um, almost 14, but 13 years of the TARDIS flying through the air. And yeah, I realized time to do something different and we're not having TARDIS flying through the air. And candidly, the way the new TARDIS looks, it doesn't meld well with flying through the air. So, okay, I get that. But I didn't see the sequences moist as you put it or as a colonoscopy or whatever i did see uh it being trippy i don't think i quite like the visualness of it i don't know exactly maybe it's what you didn't like lee mm. but i do like how it starts as this small little ball of something that grows and then i like how it just at the end kind of speeds off into like light speed or something. I like all of that. I just think they need to slow it down. I like the music. I love how it's taking the original and making it new again. Mm -hmm. But, 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 but I, the vi if you could take there, there are things about the visual that I like, but there are things about the visual that aren't just gelling with me, but the music itself, it is so, different from the orchestrated versions that we've had and especially the last one which i liked but had this almost off-tune sound to it to it a little bit but i i, I don't know i'm kind of like torn in the middle of it but hey at least i'm 
not saying that I don't like it. Who knows? So there you are. There are, there we are. I do yeah. think it, I, I think it needs to evolve somehow. And I don't quite know how, but I, yeah. I, I, I will tell you this. I do not like, this is one thing I do not like. I don't like the font that they're using. And, you mean the font that you replaced are? Yeah. No, 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 not that font, <laughs> yeah. but I'm talking about the, the, there was something about how when they are, um, writing the name of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just looked, I don't know it, it, the only word that popped into my head, honestly, was gaudy. There was something gaudy about it. Yeah, it, it jars. I, I agree. It, there's, there's an aesthetic there that doesn't quite work. It doesn't, yeah. No, I, I, I gotta agree about that. You know, it, it's almost like, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, uh, oh, and I do see the, the, I'm watching it now and I do see, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, there, there's just something about the font there that just kind of, it's, it's, it, it's just not, I don't know, but. <laughs> yeah, the font yeah. doesn't really bother me as much. I don't know. But I will say you were mentioned the, mentioning the music by, uh, Segan Akinola, which I probably butchered. Oh, well, I think that's um, how you, I, that's, that's the best guess I've got too. So. <laughs> but, uh, I have to say I barely noticed the music because I was so ingrained in what I was seeing, uh, visually. It's like the music was, was very much an afterthought to me. Hmm. As a, I don't know, as an experiment, what I, what I did and I ran out of time, I downloaded the version of the, you know, the very first version and I downloaded the current version. And so what I was going to do is put them on top of each other and just kind of see how well they line up and how well they, you know, just not obviously they won't sound good together, but just kind of see how much he stayed true to that original version, which obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about it sounding like that. He obviously did, but just as a something. Mm hmm. So anything else about the opening credit before we move on? I don't know. I think someone should take Cal's favorite singer and put some Celine Dion behind it. And, and you know, maybe it'd be the best intro ever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you or like the best, the best colonoscopy video? ever? <laughs> so for anyone listening, Mr. Brown, would you like to share with Mr. Shackelford exactly the inside joke of what you're referring? So, so the inside, as we talk about intros, the inside joke was on the uh, intro of Star Trek Enterprise, where it is um, probably the most hated Star Trek tune of them all. And people yep. just really bash it. Maybe the whole, most hated theme song ever. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I, I suggested that Cal put some Celine Dion behind it so he can stomach it just a little bit better. I see. And so <laughs> what did he do? He did. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> So I will, I will find that. And hey, who knows? We may put it up on our Patreon okay. page just for the fun. Yeah. That's, that's a bonus for folks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Spoonful of sugar. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So speaking of spoonfuls of sugar, uh, yeah. are you guys ready to get into the story itself? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> Clarence is on the fence. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, whether you're on the fence or whether you're running in the opposite direction or whether you can't wait to hear about this episode, if you have not seen this episode, be warned, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 
Spoilers. So, gentlemen, spoiler warning has been given. So just a little bit about this particular episode. The Ghost Monument is the second episode of the 11th series of the British science fiction television program, Doctor Who. It was written, or is, or it is written by showrunner and executive producer Chris Chibnall, and it was first broadcast on BBC One on the 14th of October, 2018, which of course it was also on BBC America here in the United States, and it was watched by 7.11 million viewers for their overnight figures or their rating, and it has received positive reviews from critics. Mm. So positive reviews from critics. So my fellow critics in this podcast, Mr. Brown, you're on the fence, or are you off the fence? Who knows? What do you think? Oh, man. We will get into it, but I ultimately think this episode fails. <laughs> and I hate to be critical of it. I thought there were a lot of good things in the episode. But man, uh, coming down from that high of the first episode into this one, I just felt they m- missed on so many things. And, and again, uh, I'm sure we'll get into all of my gripes. All right. So, Mr. Shackelford. Well, I really enjoyed it. And uh, uh, although I guess I'm still trying to figure out the degree to which I am um, impartial, because <laughs> I, I know that part of what goes on here is that I want to like it so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just I want it to succeed. And, and so I keep looking at things saying, that's awesome. And I often wonder, is it really? Um, but I. See, I almost, I, I almost want, I wanted to call into, uh, discussing Trek when you were talking about Broken Bow because I remembered how much I loved that first episode of Enterprise. You know what? That first episode of Enterprise sucks. It's terrible. But I, but I wanted, I wanted to like it. You know? And I remember that still vividly. I remember, you know, so I wonder if I'm doing the same thing here all these years later, but I, I don't think so. I, there's, so much about this that I really, really like, and I know we'll get into it later. But I, 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 I I'm sitting here looking at the IMDb page where the the the, the good people of IMDb have scored it seven out of ten. Hmm. Which, well, Rotten which, Tomatoes I, is giving it a ninety-five percent. There you go. Yeah, and, and I trust the tomatometer a lot more <laughs> as a uh, as a I don't know, but I, I just yeah, I, I I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed, it. and I've seen it twice. Well, I've seen it twice, and if you want to think of watching it, quote-unquote, while you're driving, listening to it, quote-unquote, you might could say two and a half. But that being said, I'm somewhere in the middle of both of you. Like, when I was watching it the first time through, I enjoyed it, there, but I didn't find myself enthralled and invested and can't wait for what's happening next i mean it was like okay at the end of the story we're going to see the tardis probably especially when we see it as the ghost monument whoop-de-doo and okay well this is just a it felt like a big 45 50 minute lead in to let's go um and find the tardis Mm -hmm. is is kind of how it felt to me yeah Yeah. i'm not saying that's not a bad thing but no but i think that's fair yeah and I will say I, I did enjoy it better on a second viewing. 
some some of the things I it seemed like they glossed over on first viewing. You know, the second viewing, you kind of get those details. Uh, maybe they should have should have explained it a little bit better instead of it being all of a sudden and and now we have this event and we'll get into it. But I, I feel like they kind of gloss over some things. But the second viewing, you get all that detail that you may have missed, you know, watching it the first time. All right. So, guys, I have a question for you. And I'm curious if the episode may have worked a little bit better than what it did if you would have gotten rid of the amazing race aspect of it <laughs> and just had angstrom and epso basically come in the same ship rescue them the ship then crashes on this planet and it's about them surviving on the planet and at the end of it, they find the TARDIS and the TARDIS materializes and basically rescues them as opposed to this race that we're, you know, coming across. What do you guys think? Hmm. I don't, I, I like that aspect of it. I thought that I actually liked the race aspect. I thought it was exciting. Um, it allowed us in the beginning with this separation of, you know, have a few minutes of wonderment who actually survived. Of course, we know everyone was survived. Um, and it separated them for a bit so we can see kind of this, these teams working together up until they get on the planet. I don't know. Honestly, I love the part when they were in the spaceships <laughs> better than when they got to the planet. Although, you know, the planet, we have some beautiful vistas uh, there as well. But the spaceship part felt way more interesting. And when we got to the planet, it kind of just felt bland as far as scenery and things like that. Mm. Mm. What do you think, Lee? I really like the Amazing Race part of it, too, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I would hate to have uh, put them all in one team because one of my favorite things in this episode is uh, uh, um, uh, Angstrom and Ryan <laughs> and Graham being on the, 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 the planet and they're – they're walking away from their ship and we see high up above them, the other ship into the atmosphere. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it starts streaking down toward them and they haven't seen it yet, but in the audience we have, you know, I also love the fact that Ryan takes off running and then Angstrom says, okay, yes, run. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, he does the classic black man thing. <laughs> we see that it's a stereotype, but it's true. We see things that we run like the wind well, and I would have did the same thing. <laughs> as the wizard of Oz says, isn't that called wisdom? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Get away from the crashing spaceship. Oh yeah, but, uh, that was great. Yeah, but I, yeah, I just, I just loved all of that. But no, one of the things about this script that I really, really liked, and I, and I think this is one of the reasons why I know I'm being impartial about this because I really like the idea that we're seeing two ideologies clash. That, um, that, that Ebzo's thing is I don't need anybody, and Angstrom's uh, from the beginning. Um, much more willing to, to, to accept help and to offer help. And the doctor, of course, is all about consensus and team building. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it is, and this is a, this is a, a paradigm, if not a stereotype of the way men think and the way women think. So mm -hmm. this may be one of our, you know, stereotypically and in, in the, in the broadest terms possible. This may be one of our first times when we're, when we're seeing something about the, the doctor being a woman. Although the doctor has always been about team building and that we're stronger together. So, you know, but, but, I, but I love that Epso is, is the man in this race and he's the one who says, I don't need anybody. Yeah, I learned. All. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He so, was a man's man. 
exactly. <laughs> so, right. Of course, he's got to have a cigar. Yeah. Um, and, and the story about his, you know, his childhood. You know, I love my oh. mom. Cause she's the one who taught me, you know, not to trust anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I really like that. And, so, and I like the fact that they end up together too. I mean, that they, they finish the race together. So I'm curious that because that really, for some reason, like struck a nerve with me. And what do you, what did you guys think of this story of, you know, jump out of the tree or whatever he was jumping out of? I'll catch you. And he's a small child toddler. And yeah. the mother moves out of the way and lets him break his leg or whatever. What did you guys think of that? Well, I know people who have that exact story to tell, wow. and it's often about their dad. But uh, but yeah, I know I know people who are exactly like Ebzo for this reason, and they have the same backstory to tell. That that really resonated with me because I thought I know this guy, <laughs> I know him. What about um, you, Clarence? Oh man, uh, he, he like Lee just said, for for Graham to know what type of guy he is, that is almost like the ultimate story <laughs> he can tell. I mean, and, and really after that, there's no question you know who he is. And um, like Lee said, that does equate to some experiences some people have do have. Where it might not be jumping out of a tree, it might be uh, I get out there and shoot that basketball to late at night till you make a thousand shots, or mm, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. go um, do some sporty thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's similar that that little uh, nugget of a person's life where they kind of push to be tougher, but his his is like on on just a totally different level than what most people experience. But but you know what stood out to me about that was, and I agree with what both of you said, but it was obvious that this event, regardless of he's saying, oh, I love my mother, but uh, obviously it profoundly impacted him. He's telling this story to strangers on a desolate planet out trying to, you know, basically win the prize. And he's telling this story from when he was a toddler of how something happened to him. So he's obviously carried this with him into his adulthood. And like what both of you said, it has shaped who he has become. Yep. That's what happens. That is what happens. So what about the other side of episode, the other person who is seeking this ultimate prize, Angstrom? What about her? What did you think? Lee, I'll let you take that one first. Oh, I, I just loved her. And I kept looking at her face trying to figure out where I know her from. That's that's Susan Lynch. And I know her from Waking Ned Nevine, which is a, a film that I love from 20 years ago. So that's, <laughs> that's why I didn't recognize her right away. But, um, yeah, uh, I just think that's a fascinating character. And she's great. And when we learn why it's important for her to win the race – I feel like in the audience, we're all on her side. <laughs> yeah. We, we all pile on. This is something I try to teach my screenwriting students. If you're going to show somebody trying to get for a goal, we're, we are probably going to be on their side because we like to see people achieve their goals, but give us a reason why they've got to have it. And now you've got the audience eating out of your hand. Uh, and you know, I, this really worked. Uh, and it really helped that she's telling this to these these new human friends that she's made. And it turns out they can relate because they actually know uh, people like Tim Shaw. And uh, they've encountered this. They know what that what that race is capable of. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, when Graham says, I lost my wife to them, and, and, and oh, uh, 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 Angstrom says, so did I. There's a, a tremendous connection between the two of them in that instant. It's just it's fantastic. Okay. Well, Clarence, what about you? What did you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a related right back to sports again. Um, if you are an avid sports fan, uh, whatever it may be, uh, American football or football, um, <laughs> uh, and especially like in the Olympics, in the, excuse me, in the Olympics, we see all these packages that they put together of this person is from rural place, fill in the blank here. Mm-hmm. And this is the struggle they've come through to get to where they are. And they paint this picture that makes you want to jump on their team or be on their side. That's right. And, and it's no different from what um, Angstrom goes through uh, the story she gives in this in this episode uh, to to get a huge amount of relatability. Uh, and like Lee said, we're kind of pulling for her um, uh, throughout the rest of this episode. But I think the beauty in this is that even though um, – even though Epso is is kind of the the, the male jerk guy, <laughs> by the end I think he's come a little bit to her side. Even you know, um, so I, I like those two totally different attitudes going, uh, but butting heads throughout the episode to where maybe in the end they might can can agree on a few things. Yeah, the, you know, I I, I kind of agree there because what I liked about Epso's character was they made him even though he was a uh I don't know how I want to say it he wasn't he wasn't to the point to where he was irredeemable you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying right. he yeah. he had bad character traits and there were things about him that i didn't like but candidly there are things about myself that i you know we've all got <laughs> flaws you know there are That's things fair. Yeah. that that may come across to another person as, you know, fill in the blank. So and we've all got those, but they made him. And, and I guess that's what I liked about the character so much was he wasn't, like I think I said it before, irredeemable. And, and he did have a little bit of redemption there in the ending scene, especially when he goes to bat and kind of says, you know, look, you're going to give us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not me, us, us. Yeah, right. You know, and and totally different from where he was at the beginning of the episode. Totally different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah mm. One, he says he is he's looking forward to killing her. Yeah. All right. So I'm curious, Clarence. What were some of the other things that stood out to you that made you not go away from this episode as you went away from the first episode? Yeah, as we were talking, I was thinking, like, what is the overall theme uh, that we get from this episode? Is it togetherness? Um, Is it that this weapon planet guns are bad? (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I will say there was one part that really just rubbed me such the wrong way. And that is the scene when they make it to the ruins and they're in the gun range. And I love the whole bit where Ryan grabs a gun and like, you know, all video gaming goes out and tries to <laughs> to <laughs> I've, to I've been training my whole life for this. Yeah, that 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 bit was great when he was facing the robots. And again, it was robots. It's not like it was humans. But I felt like maybe they pushed the whole gun agenda maybe a little bit too much because it was robots and not humans, which 
I'm guessing the robots weren't sentient in any sense, which she kind of does the same thing by the end, just uh, electromagnetic pulse to take them out, which, you know, even I'm fine with the gun message. I'm fine with that. But what they should have done was instead of giving me all this exposition of how I can take these these um, robots out or these what sniper bots, whatever they call them, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it wasn't. The, the the moment when she put pulls the trigger on the electromagnetic pulse, I feel like that wasn't earned. I feel like it wasn't earned at all. Um, of course, you should have looked on the floor because the things was under you the whole time. <laughs> no, show me, explain. Mm. Uh, it just felt like too convenient. And for that matter, I feel like while well, I'm on on a tangent here, I feel like the the Sonic was just used way too much in this episode. Way too much. I mean. It's probably the most I can remember. And I know I'm probably wrong. So people are going to write in and tell me how wrong I am. Um, it just felt like it was used every five seconds. And I got tired of seeing her point in the video. <laughs> it just it got on my nerves. I'm sorry. So uh, what I don't did, know. So what did you think, Lee? Was the Sonic over Sonic? That didn't occur to me at all. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that in the least. So, um yeah, we may have to go back and, and look at uh, the Doctor Dances and the Empty Child again because I think the Sonic is everywhere <laughs> in that one too. Sonic but, be um, Sonic it exactly, uh, <laughs> just doing what it does. <laughs> but um, no, no, I, I I I didn't have any trouble with it with any of that. Although now that you say it, I think yeah, if she's going to criticize people for not noticing something, she needs to have given them a fair chance at it. You know, she's the one who was close to the the. Uh, the, the dead sniper bot, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but a, a number of people have said that, that they think that she's really harsh, this doctor, <laughs> which sounds a little like a little bit of um, the 12th doctor left over. Oh, and wow. uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I, I Oh, see, I don't see that at all. And, and, yeah. and I, my comment that I was about to make fell or falls right into what you just said, which mm. is... I was going to balance the comment or the point that Clarence just made by saying, but on the other hand, look at the scene later on when she's actually being encouraging and to Ryan, to Ryan about climbing the the ladder. She ultimately gives him something to think about so that he's not thinking about climbing. And, you know, that's the doctor (laughs) being Uh, the doctor. That's true. But, being, being, being a doctor, yeah. yes. Uh, I think I, I'm being, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate the Raiders of the Lost Ark shout out there. Why does it always have to be ladders? So anyway, mm-hmm. which, maybe it's, is that just me? I I just thought snakes. I didn't notice either. Why does it have to be snakes? Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah so we, we, anyway, hmm. that, that may not even be deliberate. But. Yeah, I have to say that whole part there. It just felt like. It felt like a moment where um, they were just trying to get her across the point that we're going to blow up the, the sky in a minute. Because she goes in the great lengths to mention, mention, think about the asshole client, whatever chemical it was. I can't remember. The subtly. Yeah. She she reminds him to think about that while he's climbing the ladder. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, okay. And I don't know. I, I think I'm just being extra critical, folks. I think I'm just because <laughs> um, and I had to think about this myself. I'm like. Would I be having the same reaction to some of the things that I'm having a, rela- a reaction to uh, if it was a guy? And 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 I say that in the sense of there's one point in the episode where she says, um, I w- uh, "Did I forget to mention I'm really really smart?" And 
I, I had to think about that. I had to think, okay, the doctor says I'm the doctor all the time, but I don't know if it's Chibnall's writing of dialogue, but that just felt out of line to me because it seems like whenever the doctor makes the statement of how smart I am, it's not really in such a di- direct way, except when he's saying I'm the doctor, you know. I don't know. It just, just felt weird to me for some reason. Mm. And I think it's because she's a girl. Because yeah, because I, I think uh, we heard ten eleven say, "Yeah, look how clever I am." Over and over. And yeah. Over again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, that's that's a that's a downfall on my end. It really is. Well, it, uh, but I'm glad you brought it up because I, I was just about to uh, to say this. Is that maybe maybe this is elephant in the room time? Because one of the one of the hateful things that I read in the last two weeks. Was somebody say? <laughs> oh, it was after the premiere of um, uh, the woman who fell to earth, and um, and I got onto that. Uh, we hate um, Jody Whittaker uh, page on uh, Facebook, and somebody there was saying, "Okay, let me get this straight." So we we've got our our, our ultra feminist uh, doctor now, and the first thing that happens in the episode is we we meet a man who is nineteen years old and can't ride an effing bicycle. Okay, we get it. We get it. <laughs> This show hates men. All right. And, and then now we're going to meet another guy who is, you know, who, who does everything that his, you know, his wife tells him to. And that, you know, and, and he did. He went beat by beat through the episode. And really, I, the, the point where I was saying, uh, dude, take a pill. Was, he got to the end and said, and Graham, we learn, has, has already had cancer. You know, it's like this show once hates men so much that it is trying to kill them. Oh, and they're going to get even worse next week because they're getting into civil <laughs> rights. I mean, really? Well, and I do want us to talk about that, but, but I, I, I dismiss that as, 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 as just the, the plain misogyny of, you know, sort of uh, an entrenched white male, you know, kind of system and that, you know, that I grew up in and that I, I, I understand. So I, I understand why he feels threatened, and I thought that's where that's coming from. But man, this episode, um, there is, uh, some guys in this episode and they're terrible. Um, yeah. and I mean, not Ryan and Graham, but the other men in the story are. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's Angstrom who's, who I want to side with because she's all about her family. And I'm like, well, so does this series hate men? <laughs> no. <laughs> Two episodes in. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think I think it's fair to ask. It, uh, it's so hard. It's so hard because because you have that message that you mentioned and then the message I mentioned about the guns. And then when you look back at the Comic-Con panel uh, of all of the points, they said they were going to try to hit to to kind of surface uh, as a uh, throughout the show. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it just, I'm, I'm going to get off the gun thing, but I want to say this real quick. <laughs> and I'm not like, I'm like, I'm not like anti-gun or pro-gun. I'm, I'm really probably lean more on the anti-gun side. So it's weird for me to be talking about this. Yeah. But, but, but I, th- there's an episode of Supergirl where, uh, is it the DOE, DOA, Cal? D- you D-O, remember? DO, yeah, DO, DO, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the but there's an episode where where some some thugs get their guns and they try to uh, take down the DOE. And the rest of the episode was them kind of hammering in our head about how guns are bad. It felt bad in that episode. Yeah. But again, like in, in, in this one, it just even in that episode, it felt like it was earned a little bit because they were getting attacked by their own guns. Right. But 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 the moment she's making the argument about the guns and they're just shooting robots, I'm like, <laughs> 
robots. But <laughs> 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 she takes out with the charge anyway. Anyway, moving on to the rest of the episode. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so, so let me jump in on the, the, um, the guns for a second. No, I was just going to say this. But we've heard that message throughout the last since 2005, and it never bothered me. So maybe there's something wrong with me. But go well, ahead, Cal. Since, no, no, no. 19, since 1963, the do- doctor <laughs> has always hated guns. So yeah, no, the, yeah, yeah. And I was specifically going to think of the end of time, either in part. I think it was in part two, where you know Wilf is offering the doctor the gun, and he doesn't take it at first because he says, "I never used them." So you know, I I actually you know heard that in the back of my head as they were talking, and less of you know it being preachy or anything like that. So so I didn't think, and as far as the you know, is it being too feminist or is they, are they hating on me? I, I never really paid any attention to that. Hmm. Yeah. Curious. You know, we, we talked about the robots for a second or androids, whatever you want to call them. What did you guys think of the remnants as they were called? These animated <laughs> pieces of cloth? Yeah, love the remnants, love the way they were teased through the episode because they just looked like what was left of yeah. something. You know, they had kept a, a burned edge on them. So I think that design is brilliant. Yeah, they just look yeah, like yeah. remnants. That's right. And and and, uh, and the name turns out to have a a terrifying significance. And uh, yeah, and and the first time that we saw them as a threat was when they uh, attacked Epso and. Uh, uh, I was just thinking about that moment because we're talking about whether or not he was redeemable. You notice that everybody's immediate response was to try to figure out how to get him out of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could have said, well, <laughs> screw this guy. <laughs> kept moving, you know, but no, we're not going to do that. You know, it was um, actually Graham several times made comments about leaving him, you know, like mm, leaving yep. him while he was sleeping. And, you know, well, so that's forth. true. Yeah. Not well. Yeah. Well, see, he, see, men are awful, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think, Clarence? What about the remnants? What did you think about them? Uh, I like the idea of them. Um, to me, that it, they may be an enemy that sound sounded better on paper <laughs> than the realization. I do love the part where, where – um, when 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 uh, Epso was asleep and they came on him. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um <laughs> They were okay. I, I kind of wanted maybe a bit more formidable um, uh, pro, uh, antagonists in this episode. But I think the thing is, like, it allowed us to focus on the characters a bit more since it was a kind of throwaway enemy that we probably would never think about again. Yeah. Um, the, the, the effects on them were okay. I enjoyed that as well. So uh, they, they did their job. They served their purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, Lee, before I give my two cents? <laughs> no, except that um, it is good old-fashioned nightmare fuel. I think a lot of people will, will probably, after seeing this, they woke up in the middle of the night with their sheets over their faces and said, ah! So, you know. <laughs> Ooh. so for me, they weren't a throwaway. They will be something that I will probably remember for quite a while. And depending upon how this turns out, will be whether I remember them fondly or whether <laughs> I remember them with disdain. And that is this revelation, this telling of something called the timeless child. Yeah. 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 I, I'm so glad you remembered to make a note of that. Yes. Because <laughs> we, we've been saying there's not going to be a big puzzle to solve in this uh, in this series. But uh, 
That could be it. Yeah, the timeless child thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, just add, I'll just add, like, as well as the through line with the stinza in this episode as well. So, yes. yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised to hear them uh, mentioned again. Yeah. And I think in last episode, we specifically talked about the stinza being just a one off. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a good bet. But, uh, yeah, timeless is an interesting word because it, it has a number of different meanings or, um, uh, implications. Um, we talk about timeless classics, <laughs> but if that, if that's something that a race of time lords used to say about somebody that they were timeless, what does that mean? And is the timeless child the doctor or is the timeless child someone else? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I assumed it was the doctor, but yeah, maybe maybe we're meant to. So here's what I okay. So here's what I do not want to have happen, or I do not want to see this happen. I do not want there to be prior incarnations before Hartnell. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I, I mean, I just don't want that. You know, I I don't want them to say, okay, you had this whole life or lives prior to and Hartnell wasn't the first the first doctor wasn't the first if that's where they're going I will not be a happy cow so hmm. what what do you got I mean Clarence what what do you, what do you think of this timeless child mumbling I just have no idea where they're going with this I had no idea unless it could have been like something that happened to the doctor when he or she I guess it was a he was a little kid that you know, was sort of like a foreshadowing that he'd be on these adventures running around in the TARDIS as he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we might see a flashback to that or something in this season. Hmm. Maybe. So I, again, just don't want it to be, um, you know, more regenerations or prior generations or what so forth. Hmm. No, it would never have occurred to me that that might be it. So I think we're safe. All right, cool. Cool. <laughs> but I, I had thought that it referred to the doctor, but now that you say it, I mean, we know that the doctor has been a, a parent before yes. and a grandparent. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we, and we know we've always known the doctor's granddaughter, but we've never known Susan's father or mother. Right. So hmm. or maybe, maybe we're going to go there. Maybe that's who the timeless child is. That would be awesome. It would be very interesting. <laughs> I wanted this at Christmas. I didn't uh-huh. get this at Christmas. Right. I would be happy for someone while she is still physically able to do it and still mm-hmm. here with us to come in and say grandmother, not grandfather, but grandmother. Wow. What a spin. Cause she'd know. Yep. Yep. I would be happy with it. So before we give our thoughts, before we move into the finale part of this episode, any other thoughts or takeaways before we get to the ending? Either of you? I'll just pose a question to you guys. Uh, what do you, what did you think of the word foo in this episode? Um, the, the, the explanation ex- at science and, or just explaining something in general that the doctor does. Did, did the writing of the, maybe the way the words are said just feel a little bit off? Of course, we do have a new writer in this series, new showrunner. Um, I don't know if Chibnall has found that magic in that yet because it it sounded clunky to me for some reason hmm Hmm. no i I, but i'm loving it but i have heard other people say the same thing you're saying Mm -hmm. so i 
I don't know. And, and I wonder for us, uh, here in the States, how many, how much of that is accent? Yeah. Uh, which is, is not giving me any trouble. Thank goodness. But, um, I'm grateful that it's not giving me any trouble, but but I can understand why it would for a lot of people. So, mm. I, so Clarence, I'm going to answer your question this way. I, I actually was going to mention this later, but I think it's appropriate to as a good answer for what you what you just asked. I wish I could go back and find on Podshock where I made a comment. This was I don't maybe well. 2010, yeah, Facebook was around then, but I don't know if I made it on the website or if I made it on the um, Facebook page or where. But this was back whenever I was a listener, you know, way before I became, you know, part of Podshot. But I remember going on, uh, yeah, it was on their website and making a comment, and it was talking about the fifth series, Matt Smith's new series as the 11th Doctor, and I quoted or wrote something about how I wish that, you know, RTD would come back because this did not feel like the doctor. This didn't feel like, you know, what I had become accustomed to. It was so different. And, and I even commented saying, you know, it doesn't even sound like the doctor to me. It's <laughs> too, it's too happy go lucky and it's too, you know, almost, uh, childish. And I, and I wish that I could like go find that because it, it, it's, the same thing almost that we're feeling now with Chipnall. And I think it's because we had had five years of, you know, RTD with a tone and with a, that was the voice. His style was the voice and like him or not that we've had eight years of Moffat and that gave us a eight years of Moffat voice. And this is just a very different and obviously distinct voice behind the scene yeah that's that's totally true and there's so many moving parts in these first few episodes uh not only are the act well, i don't know what sequence they shot it in first of all but but you have the actors falling into their respective roles and on the other end you have us <laughs> trying to believe or um you know uh trying to convey what they're what they're giving to us so yeah i mean so many moving parts. I do agree that we'll probably get used to it, but it just felt different to me. But I did want to ask you guys, like, what do you think of Yaz in this episode? Didn't she get kind of the short shrift? I, I, she really did. And I, and I, I felt for, her. um, I, I'm hoping that we're going to make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a Yaz heavy episode, but, um, but yeah, Ryan and Graham can always sort of go off together and have a scene, um, together because they've got, you know, relationship, but, uh, it's leaving as yeah, sort of hanging. Um, mm. No, I was going to, the doctor even said, I forgot you were there when they were in the spaceship <laughs> in the opening minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll be fine. Uh, I have a feeling that next week, Yaz will be a little more center stage. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. that is going to be, it's going to be center stage for all of them really. Cause you, you think of being in, out, well, spoilers for the next episode, <laughs> but w- where they will be, uh, not only her race, but Ryan's race, uh, maybe a little bit as well as, you know, the, the doctor being in charge and being, being a woman, you know, so, yep. um, yeah, I, I guess Graham will feel right at home, maybe, but, <laughs> but he'll but be the only one. <laughs> he'll be in America. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it should be interesting. You know, we obviously, you know, at this point, we know that Enzo and Angstrom, they do get, 
co-winnings and 50-50 down the middle. They disappear with the guy that's over it. They're left, and the doctor thinks that they're stranded. And then we hear this noise. And and here's what it reminded me of whenever I first heard the noise. I was thinking about the moment from the day of the doctor when the moment told the war doctor, basically, do you hear that sound? And he says, yes. And she said, that sound brings hope wherever it goes to anyone who needs it, however lost, even you. And that, that was actually what I thought whenever I heard mm-hmm. that. I was, you know, hearing that, thinking that. And we see the TARDIS materialize. Clarence, what did you think seeing the outside of the TARDIS? Initial thoughts? Mm, it's a TARDIS. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it looks like, yeah, it looks slightly different. But, you know, I, I think maybe this moment and even some more moments in the episode that I may have complained about, I, I realize they're not for me. They're for new people coming in to Doctor Who and, and, and and this is one of those moments where we see the TARDIS and um I'm just thinking about some of the things she said and I I, I thought it looked fantastic though slightly different darker maybe mm-hmm. I don't know yeah Lee what do you think <laughs> I I love that she recognized that the uh, the the phone um the the phone box uh, sign is different and she said you've printed yourself up I, I really like that. So, but that, but yeah, that is about all there is to say about the exterior right now. Yeah. You know, you've done yourself up and yeah. she uh, lost her key and, you know, the door opened. Opens. Uh huh. And we walk inside. Yeah. So I'm going to go. So I'll go first on this one because I've keep saying, well, you know, you take this one, you take this. One. I'm going to take this one first. <laughs> I liked the background when she first walks in and she sees these you know hexagonal or you know whatever they are you know they're not the round things of course but she's you know i like that part clarence what did you think um i loved the interior man i loved it i wasn't the hugest fan of maybe a call out to the night doctor's uh console uh, it felt uh, i don't know i guess i'm just used to the updated space age looking console that we have have had in the past few years and this one is definitely going back to the 2005 style of of our console i i, I don't know it's it's a throwback i guess <laughs> what about you Lee? all right Lee, what do you think i i really like it it it, it uh it always takes uh, a little bit of getting used to but um uh, we had had some images leaked and uh i remember that i had struggled about whether or not i wanted to see it and uh, then decided that I did. So I knew about this sort of new idea about the door, which is that the, now the the sort of the entryway or exit is going to be the whole tart, going to be the yes. whole police box. Yeah, and and I, I had really liked that from the first picture that I saw, and I I, I really do like that. Um, it's always been a problem for the show trying to figure out how to how to get from the inside to the outside. Um, in the in the classic series, when we were outside and and the door opened, it was just it was dark inside, which was you know all they could really afford to do. But then we would get inside, and you know it was always bright white in there. It's like well, how come that light doesn't shine out into the? Oh, never mind, you know. Um, and the door had the the interior door that we always saw from the very beginning had nothing to do with what the, the door right. on the outside looked like. Um, so the new series has from the beginning always taken that very seriously. So this is sort of taking it to, to another level, and, and I, I really like that. It's um, 
I like all of the crystal stuff. I my gut about the little miniature TARDIS on the control panel is uh, why fan no. service. Yeah, no, oh, why product no. placement? No, go I buy just, this. Liver. I just why? No, I just yeah, yeah. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand that at all. But. Um, this is the flip side of what I've been tormenting myself with on social media is that I went out looking for people's reactions to TARDIS and a lot of people said, and it's got a little TARDIS on the control panel. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest thing? So, you know, okay, uh, whatever. So but, <laughs> the biscuit is what I had a problem with uh, <laughs> that, but that's just, I kind of just shook my head, uh, head palm, uh, a la Picard style, uh, <laughs> And no, yeah. that's fine. That didn't bug me. I don't, I don't know why. It's <laughs> <laughs> sort of like, why not? But yeah, I don't know. Mm. So here's my ultimate thought on the TARDIS at this point, the interior. I do not like the column. The col- I mean, the, the throwback, uh, you know, the throwback control panel console mm-hmm. I, I i can deal with it the yeah. the panels i mean the, the 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 columns they just look too claustrophobic to me you know especially having four people in the tardis yeah i i, mm. I don't really care about the uh you know give me a cookie i'm good with that you know i don't yeah. like the crystal tardis i don't like the the hourglass i mean i can deal with the hourglass mm-hmm. but I think the best way I can, as a wise man once said, or as a wise person, I should say, once said, you redecorated. I don't like it. Oh, I can see you've been doing the TARDIS up a bit. Hmm. I don't like it. I'm awfully sorry about this. Do excuse me for a moment. You've had this place redecorated, haven't you? Hmm. Don't like it. Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. A- oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. Oh yeah! Oh, you never do. Listen, we're going to the mm-hmm. national gallery. So I don't like it mm. <laughs> because I, I am I, I'm getting obsessed with people who want to complain about everything. Uh, I was noticing a lot of people were just really upset that nobody said it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> uh, and and you know I confess I was waiting for it, but but instead we get the service for us longer time fans <laughs> of the running joke that has gone back since what the the. the the three five. doctors? Yeah, the three doctors. Yeah. You've redecorated. I don't like it. Which I think is what it has always been, right? Yeah, but she says, it's, I really I like really it. like it. So, yeah. It, and the, the timing we got was, you've redecorated. Pause, 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 pause. Yeah, make I us really wait for like it. it. I really like it. <laughs> so. And, and it'll grow on me, I know, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a crystal, yeah. And although we didn't get the uh, it's bigger on the inside, we did get Ryan saying, uh, "Are we all going to fit in there?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and this is proper awesome. And how many times that's going? That is his catchphrase. Proper awesome. How many times is he going to say, "This is proper awesome"? I hadn't noticed it before. So go back yeah. and watch the first episode. Yeah. He says "proper awesome" at least proper two times. I think. Sip. Okay. to something else to this episode. Hmm. Which is, yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, is, are there any other thoughts of the episode that we have not mentioned before we give our final review? Well, I do want us to, to talk about the next time trailer. So, okay. Uh, well then let's I, talk I don't know, about, I don't know if that's, is that before or after <laughs> our for the episode? Cause we are talking about a television show that deals with time. We can talk about anything <laughs> when we get ready to. So let's go yeah. for it. Next time trailer. 
Lee, take well, it away. Since the first time that we were teased that there was an image of the uh, the, the Montgomery City bus, uh, I I thought, oh please, oh please, let this be about Rosa Parks. And then we we saw somebody who really looked like Rosa Parks in the uh, closing titles of the first episode, and then we learned it's going to be called Rosa, and it's the it's the third episode. So that's next <laughs> week, and. You know, this is this is my home state. This is part of my personal history. Uh, I wasn't alive in 1955, but um, close. <laughs> uh, th- this is certainly the Alabama that I that I knew growing up, uh, uh, segregation era Alabama. And and I've written a play that has that is that I've written a play that takes place on December 1st, 1955. So I, a lot of my headspace has been about this you know particular event. Um, and, and, and so I've been really looking forward to this and to my astonishment, because I'm seeing uh, all these websites that are about how much we, we hate Doctor Who. Um, uh, some of my Alabama friends are saying that they've, they've got a lot of trepidation about this because um, the, ma- the majority in Alabama in 1955 is going to be depicted as being the bad guys, which is kind of what happened. But. There's sort of a feeling of our being picked on by this show from across the Atlantic. And, and I understand that. So I, as with everything else on this, this, the, the, the 13th doctor's, um, season, <laughs> I want to say, can we wait until the episode's over before we start saying, <laughs> but, but anyway, I do, I do understand what they're saying. Um, so that, that's a problem. Um, I'm the one who got into this conversation and said, we've only mentioned Alabama once before on Doctor Who. And it was during the chase. When Peter Purvis showed up as a guy who meets the doctor and the, the TARDIS crew on top of the Empire State Building and is kind of gee shucks. Wow, y'all must be from not from around here and that kind of thing. <laughs> and we learned that he's from Alabama. And so so what we know about Alabama so far, Doctor Who, is that it's full of hicks, rubes and, you know, general stupid people. Um, so and that was a long time ago. That was in 1965. So but is that what we're going to do next week? I don't know. I don't know. But hmm. but it, it, it's not. And, and and here's the other thing: is that the the moment, the historical moment, the clash between Rosa Parks and the bus driver, it is a clash between a man and a woman, between a white man and a woman of color. And for people who are saying this show hates men, man, are we walking into it? Hmm. So. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I've been anticipating this episode for so long, and now I'm clutched with, <laughs> with fear. It's like, oh, boy, this could either be so brilliant or this could be such a, a cluster. Come on, I don't, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, obviously, there's going to be a bad guy who maybe obviously points to the bus driver. Uh, but no, there could be others. Uh, what is the episode with with uh, Bill where they go back in time? Thin that, Ice. Uh, thin, thin Ice. ice yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about that that episode, and though it should have been a time where she couldn't walk around and do stuff, there is one moment, or only one real person who's the bad guy. So I mean, I know that's unrelated to the civil rights issue, but I'm gonna say that maybe it's only gonna be just one person being the surrogate for all that hate that we yep. know is probably going to be addressed in this episode. So I, I think if they do that, it would maybe come off a little bit better 
Whereas to address everything we know happens to the era, you know, it could it could get really ugly if we talk about everything. Right. And 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 you know, to follow up what you just said there, you know, I agree, you know, with um, you know, thin ice that you had the one person that they showed. Unfortunately, and we got to punch him in the face. And we too. got to punch him in the face. <laughs> and we may get to see this with, uh, you know, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, then get in the TARDIS and run from all the people if they need to. You know, no offense to your home state in any way, shape, right. form, or fashion. Well, yeah. No, but, but yeah, let's get out of here. There's yeah. no way, in my opinion, that you can shy away from what <laughs> that was then no no you can't and see this has always been the thing about james blake the bus driver is that the rest of the country i mean i mean and and the naacp knew this was what was going to happen that's why rosa was the one who was the perfect candidate to be the one to do this because she was unimpeachable she she was practically a saint you know so nobody's going to be able to say, you know, anything bad about her. But it did make James Blake into the bad guy because he was there and he spent the rest of his life. and He lived to be 90 saying I was just doing my job. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So <sighs> so if if he's the only <laughs> see, Doctor Who can now twist the knife on, on, the, on this. Oh, guy, his and, poor you know? guy. So, uh, you know, but. But and say, there's got to be a monster. This is a monster of the week show, right? right. There's got to be a monster too. So, so racism or segregation can't be the monster. And who's to say? See, we're we're assuming at this point in speculation that these moments are even going to be addressed. We may never even see her. Maybe the the whole. I mean, yes, we will see her. But maybe the whole intent of this monster is to prevent her from getting on the bus. Well, that's so, right. This may not be December 1st. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so exactly. you may be seeing her walking to the bus or, or we know that that's going to happen or it's, you know, November the 30th or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they may shy away from that and, and tell another aspect of the story. You still know what happens in history. Mm-hmm. And, but something is trying to change the history. So maybe Perfect. it's more of what's leading her to that moment that's about to be Perfect. changed as as the other. Good call. Because I definitely yeah. could see them ending the episode with them dropping her off in the, off the TARDIS, like right by the bus she's going to get yeah. on. Right. <laughs> right. If Good somebody call. tells you to give up your seat, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, yeah. and and a perfect yeah. analogy to that is when you deal with history, look at uh, Vincent and the Doctor. You know, yeah. there's all of this time that Amy and the Eleventh Doctor spend with Vincent, and Amy is so convinced that, spoilers, what she has done and what the Doctor has done, she goes back and she's looking for the paintings, and right. there's not any. It didn't change anything. It did yeah. not change. He still died. Yeah. So, right. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just I guess I just wanted to talk about uh, my my complex feelings about Rosa next week. But uh, I just obviously I can't wait until we are gathered here Tuesday week to talk about that. Because, uh, well, you, go. you know, I'm curious to see how that northern English accent is going to gel 
with that southern accent that we are going to hear from Alabama. From Montgomery. And the Montgomery accent is different from everywhere else in Alabama, too. So I'm going to have my antenna out for whether or not they get it. Okay, so we'll, we'll so do me a good Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> Montgomery, it, 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 at least in, in 1955, as I was growing up, it was a, a little more um, – a little more genteel, a little more towards Scarlett O'Hara, the, the the way we were pretending earlier. But there's this weird thing that has a, um, a they say Void and Boyd and Thoughty Thoid. A Thoughty Thoid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, every Thanksgiving, we'll have a turkey. <laughs> so, so, so they have a little twang in a the. Little, uh, it's a little bit, it's almost, I always think of that as Brooklyn, that oi thing in it. But they do that in Montgomery, and I've never heard it anywhere else in Alabama, and I've lived there most of my life. Yeah. Turkey. Turkey. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, gentlemen, we have uh, – so, 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 yeah. <laughs> we have effectively uh, talked all about this uh, particular episode of Doctor well, Who. We, we even talked about an episode we haven't seen yet. I declare. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's how good we are discussing. Timey-wimey. <laughs> and now you have got these voices back in my head, and I cannot – Oh, no. Uh, I cannot it stop. stop it. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> so for, for the sake of Clarence, I'm going to go out of this voice and back into my own. So I am curious. That's going to make you sit in the back of the bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, I, but, 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 but I will do this on a scale of one to five. Oh, yes. Mr. Brown, what would you give this oh, episode? I will give this episode a whole 3.5. 3.5. Uh, I didn't enjoy it the best, especially coming off from that, you know, 10 from last episode on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 5. Yeah. Uh, this one was just, meh. It has some interesting concepts, uh, but ultimately I think it didn't It didn't manage to completely pull me in. Okay, Mr. Shackleford. I'm going to say uh, 4.2. How about that? Because um, <laughs> I... I I did not totally. Um, I wasn't insane about it, you know, <laughs> but um, but I, I did look forward to watching it again, which I think says a lot. So yeah, four point two. Okay, I'm going to give it a three point seventy five. Okay, you know it it was enough that it had stuff for us to talk about, and it, for the timeless child alone, that is a nugget that will be <laughs> something that is built upon. No, if, if this turned out to be a happy build upon my, uh, you know, my idea of this episode may increase, but it was not as enjoyable, like Clarence said, as the first episode. So 3.75. Yeah, and, and again, like some awesome concepts. Uh, I don't know how a planet can fall. I guess it's being pulled into a black hole somewhere off in the distance, but I'd like that idea of the planet falling in a sense. Cause they, the doctor. They, they, they never uh, explained that, did they? <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> Probably no, on purpose. Well, but but it's got three suns and three moons. This is a big deal if you're going to move a system yeah. like that. But yeah, well, so what? Anyway, yeah, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know, I actually kind of assumed that whatever the Stenza was, whatever they had done to Good wipe out the planet, mm. yeah, yeah, had. And so obviously these beings that like to collect teeth, like the tooth fairy, are actually uh, a lot more malevolent and a lot more powerful maybe than we originally thought. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I just love the idea of the doctor being like, ha, I wasn't wrong. There was supposed to be a planet here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. All right. So um, 
tell me, uh, out of curiosity, if someone were looking to find you guys online, how might they do that? And Lee, I'll let you take that first. Thank you. I always like to point people towards my radio drama serial, Relativity, which I just learned is on Spotify. How about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I knew that. I learned that because I saw the announcement that the Disgusting Network shows are on Spotify. (laughs) And I said, huh, I wonder if mine is too. And it is. So you can get Relativity on Spotify and read all about it at RelativityPodcast.com. Cool veins. All right. So, Mr. Brown, how could others find you? I would say check out the Discussing Trek podcast where we talk about Star Trek. And in this last episode, we actually uh, did an after shows episode, which is a compilation of our last several after shows. And a couple of those actually came from this very podcast. So check it out at DiscussingTrek.com. Cool. Yeah. And, of course, if anyone is listening to us and wants to check out some additional content that we do, if you are on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to us there. You can find us at youtube.com slash discussing network. And also, I mentioned this at the beginning, you can find us on patreon.com slash discussing network as well. So, gentlemen, now you've got me excited to see next week's episode, Rosa. I can't wait. Yeah. So for anyone listening, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show using your favorite podcast player. And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?